Hello and welcome to the Potter's Podcast after Easter. And it's been an up and down Easter. Friday was terrible, but Monday was fantastic. We're joined by Ange as normal. Hello, Ange. Happy Easter. My eggs were smashed to smithereens on Friday, but I glued them together and they were brilliant on Monday. Well, there's a lot to discuss. There's been a lot of rumours about Sean Dyche. Not anything that's concrete, just I've been circling the pot. But first, we go into Friday to get it out of the way, really, because we want a bit of negativity. We won't go in it long. I didn't go to the match. I didn't even pay attention to the match, but we played Bristol City at home, and we lost 1-0. Right. So then on Monday, no, being serious, <laughs> going over that match, firstly, how you can have a podcast and not attend the match put so much doubt into your talk about Sean Dyche, which we'll brush over equally fast. Uh, they were poor. They were very poor. They were, if I could say they were like, there was no attacking intent. We were very good at passing the ball backwards and sideways. It was just a bad performance. And the one thing I couldn't get over was you had exactly the same 11 players on that pitch who had performed so well at West Brom. And you just looked at them on Friday and you thought, well, what's happened here? It was as though they'd never met each other. They couldn't do a thing. It was awful. I mean, it was just a very bad game. And Stephen Fletcher, um, in the past two matches, hasn't looked as though he's worthy of another contract. One or two other players looked like they, they weren't doing it. Vrancic didn't really do much that day. Jacob Brown will always run and run and run. Tyrese Campbell comes on and... He plays him on the left and he can't cut in on his right, so he's less effective. Um, it wasn't brilliant. And Forrester, a lot of people thought he had a steady game. I'm not sure that the management thought he and Taylor Harwood Bellis played well on Saturday. Uh, sorry, Friday. And that's probably why I think Forrester didn't feature at all yesterday, because when you're a young player, um, if you have a game and you don't do great, it depends on your temperament whether you'll perform well the next time. And I just wonder if that's why Forrester was left out of the eleven. We don't know what his temperament's like, and just maybe he wasn't. Uh, it wasn't felt right for him as a player going forward to play. But all in all, it was a very poor performance. Bonham made one very good save, and then is beaten by um, a Shakiri type cross goal which I think he'll be disappointed with. It was a bit of a fluke, but uh, yeah, we lost. And it, as I say, I smashed all my eggs when I got home, but I glued them all together for Monday. And what a good day Monday was. So shall we just gloss over the match that you didn't go to now? Uh, no, not yet. Um, we've got to discuss what's going on with this consistency. It was the exact same team that went out and absolutely destroyed West Brom at times. Let's be brutally honest. I know West Brom yeah. completely fell apart, but that's what happens when you... When you put Fatter in charge, the truth is that where what is causing this inconsistency with the with the team? Somebody well, put ask, it out. You ask the manager, and he'll say, "Well, that's what happens when, when you've got a mixture of, of young, a lot of young players in your team." I don't know. I, I'm, I do know one thing for certain: that none of those players will have gone on the pitch and expected to play like they did at Bristol. None of them. And the the thing that bothers me is he mentioned after the the game. Um, that he didn't feel we'd got enough characters. And, and to me, that is a big thing with Stoke, because if you look... And he mentioned Tony Pulis as well. If you look back at the Tony Pulis era, there were people like Rory, there were people like... White, um, 
Whitehead. Where am I getting Whitehead? No, well, well, Whitehead was a character, but he had a yeah, song. Yeah, he didn't? was, but you get people like Rory, you get people like Ryan Shawcross. You can, you can go through that team, Danny Higginbottom. You Cresswell, can go through that team. Court. Who, who would, each one would pull the others up. And we haven't got those. Who would you say was a real character in the current Stoke squad? Hey. Joe Allen's the captain. Would you, he, he leads by example. He wouldn't hey. go around shouting something. He's no leader. Um, no. Look at the what. So if we looked at that team now, who's a leader? Um, yeah. Jagielki. Yeah. Um, Wilmot. Um, you were going to say Wilmot, even if it was for the yeah. longest air competition. <laughs> You've got to keep it going till next season. Yeah. Um, I can't really say Bottom into character. Berserkin are a character. No, that's the problem. You've got Wheeler as well. If, if you go through the old Stoke team with Pulis. And, and Michael O'Neill did mention it, that that you got players there that would pull you out of a hole. Collectively, they'd pull the team up by the bootstraps and get them forward. We aren't at the moment, we haven't got enough of those characters, if any. Yeah, you mentioned Jaggy Elka. Um, I think Lewis Baker's another one, to be honest. I think, I, suppose, I think Fletcher is. I think Fletcher's a character, because yeah. there's a lot yeah. of talk about him being a leader in the dressing room. But yeah. that... Michael O'Neill really shouldn't be saying that because he's not helping his corner because he brought these players in. Well, most of them in. So why wasn't he thinking at the start of the season character then? Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he thought they would display more character than they have. But um, that is that was the problem. There was nobody there who could pull them out of the malaise they were in. So, yeah, the character was poor. And there have been other matches this season where... Stoke have been Jekyll and Hyde this season and as I said to him you don't know which Stoke's going to turn up when the good Stoke turns up you look at them and, and you think well I mean Blackburn fans I thought our fans could get on your back but my god Blackburn fans they were horrendous absolutely horrendous from the minute Stoke scored onwards they did nothing but insult their own team and you could see the fight go out of the team you could see the fight yeah they had a better second half but they had to. I mean, they were poor. And if you think about it, when they came to Stoke, you know, when they beat Stoke and everybody was raving about Ben Briott and Diaz, he had the kick yesterday. Stoke did a really good performance on them and were way the best team. Where Ben Briott, would you take him at Stoke? Um, not on yesterday's performance. But would you take him at Stoke? For, is no. It? I, I would. Apparently well, okay. he's a Stoke fan as well, from what I've heard. Well, that doesn't, you know, Sam Surridge was a Stoke fan for two months. Sam, Sam Surridge? Yeah. I can't say anything now because he's scoring goals, which has really, really annoyed me. But, yeah, I knew it would. But the thing we've got to look at as well before we quickly move on to the next game, obviously Blackburn, which was a good performance, um, is it's like Jekyll and Hyde. We've seen it. Are they tearing up against the big teams? But is this a typical Stoke from decades gone by where... Bristol City couldn't buy a clean sheet. They couldn't buy a win. And then we turn up and go, go on, get yourselves a goal. And then we turn up against Blackburn, who were, to be fair, playing well. And we've got, you know, probably one of the most lethal strikers in the Premier League with Brayton and one of the, in Bradley Dak and a few other good players they've got. I mean, to be fair, they've got Tony Mowbray as manager and he's probably the most boring man in football. But why can't we beat Bristol City and carry it through? This is what I mean about a run, Ange. I'm very disappointed because it's been happening all season where we come up against somebody, we, we'll play brilliantly against West Brom, a team that until we beat them had a chance of playoffs. Then we take a team on who, let's be honest, would probably be in the bottom three if Derby 
didn't have the points deduction. We're going to talk about Derby later as well. How come we can't beat them? I think one of the problems that people have to appreciate is that Stoke are useless when they're confronted by a team that says, OK, we're just going to stick all our men behind the ball, you try and get through us, and then we'll pick you up on the counter-attack. You could have written the report against Bristol before on the Thursday because that's what Bristol have done against Stoke for the past four matches. They've let us have the ball and then had a lucky counter-attack and scored from it. And that's what happened on Saturday. Stoke are better against teams that play football. But we haven't got a clue on how to break teams down. I mean, it's so obvious that when we play somebody that stands behind the ball, that we just pass it backwards, sideways, backwards, and they think, well, you keep doing that all day. That's the problem with Stoke. Well, you've hit that on the nail on the head, but that was a problem last season as well. And the season before. And the season before. That's, that's I mean, that's just... If you haven't got a, a lot of money to buy people that can unlock a defence, then you're looking at two things, aren't you? You're looking at the defence having a bad day or one of your players producing a worldie. And unfortunately, teams raise their game against Stoke because Stoke is still looked upon as a, a good place to come and play because of, of the size of the pitch and the quality of the pitch. So they don't mind hanging around and just standing there and, and, and they know that our fans are going to get on the players' backs too, which doesn't help. And listen, I've been a fan who's got on players' backs. And, and when I was younger, I was just as uh, voluble, if that's a word, uh, in, in my um, damnation of some of the performances. But it doesn't do anybody any good. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do, any, doesn't do anybody good. But we're frustrated, Andrew. We've got nothing else to take it out on. So that's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, right. True. So now we'll gloss over that one, which we've been doing a lot this season, let's be brutally honest. So now we'll move into Blackburn, which was a fantastic performance. And we go straight in with player ratings and we'll discuss bits of it after or as we go along. We go straight in with Jack Bonham. Now, I thought as much as um, I'm not his biggest fan, thought he had a decent game. Uh, he made two brilliant saves in the second half with his hand. Uh, I still worry about him catching the ball cleanly. I still don't think he's a number one goalkeeper, but I'm going to give him eight. Uh, I'll go over seven. Um, I thought he did well with the Diaz one especially. That that was a fantastic save, I've got to be honest. Um, but I don't rate him. And I know a lot of people are going to have a go, because to be fair, he has steadily been improving, but he seems like he... I don't know, he's going to tell you he reminds me of. Bruce Grobelaw, just everywhere. Just, oh, he'll jump for that. Don't, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. <laughs> just sort of like all over the place where you think, just stay calm, breathe, then go. <laughs> Stop running it, thing. <laughs> there was a cha- second half early on when the ball went over the top. It was from, I can't remember his name, um, the left winger at back. We put a good ball across and he completely missed it. Just flashed yeah, it, went straight over the top of him. I think if there was a striker over there, that's that's one one. <laughs> you know, yeah. just just calm down. If you're not going to reach it, don't run for it. And uh, yeah, I don't rate him. I mean, would you keep him? Even though obviously Michael O'Neill's praising him up now, is he going to be a number one next season? I think I don't. I think he's nothing better than this. Sounds awful to me. He's a, he would be a third keeper at a championship club. Uh, to me, Bursic would be a second keeper at the moment. I'm not saying he isn't going to be great in, in time, but I don't think he's overall is dropping mistakes 
howlers type form at the moment. So I wouldn't have Bursic. We need a goalkeeper as far as I'm concerned. So do you but agree? But if you had to choose between um, Bursic and Bonham, for me, I would use Bursic every time. Uh, yeah, but I don't think either of them. I don't think one's good enough for the division. Of one, of one isn't ready. That's yeah, just my that's that's my opinion of it. Um, so are you now softening to my stance in January that we need another goalkeeper? I never had a different stance at all. I always thought we needed another goalkeeper. Never. Yeah, you were the talking we back got, up I would have played Bursic. Mm. Oh, that's, I think that's a bit of a change of the mind there. <laughs> but uh, right, we'll go. On. We'll go into Tommy Smith at right wing back. Now, I don't want him to stay. <gasps> I thought he played pretty well yesterday, so he's getting a seven. Uh, I'll give him a six, to be honest. Um, did you go to the match yesterday? No, I didn't know, thank God. But did you watch it? I, I did watch it, yeah. Okay. I just want the season over, Andrew. I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Um, he got he got in some good positions, didn't he, when he was breaking forward? Yeah. But again, defensively, I, I, I just don't trust him at all. I agree with you. Let him go. And let, but again, it's all depending on what we can get in because he is all right. Yeah. To be honest, this has probably been his best season for Stoke, to yeah, be honest. Because his yeah. first two, he was absolutely like a headless chicken. Yeah. But, you know. I'm worried now, which we're going to talk about after about the transfer window, because I'm, I'm getting a bit miffed with it now, but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll go over six. Right, Josh Tymon, and he's back to his inconsistent best, I see. What do you think, sir? Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. Right, well, uh, I'd better shut up then. Um, I thought he was OK. He did some good crosses. He did some not-so-good crosses. Seven. Uh, five. Okay. Um, nothing again I don't this is what I mean until we get a midfielder that can link up with him well which was Jordan Thompson in Vrancic for one game the West Brom game wanted until we get a midfielder to bring him into play I wouldn't even play him yesterday he, 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 there was nothing there again he got he got on what, probably one good position where he put a good ball, ball and no one there again which, which now I'm starting to blame him for you know, stop putting balls in the box when there's nobody in the box. Come on, you know, let's let's use his brains a bit. Eh? If there's no one in the box, I'm not just going to go and boot the ball in there and go. Well, where were you? Well, you knew we weren't there because you looked up. <laughs> um, for me, he's got to start learning to get himself into games without having Thompson there. If he wants to be right. a top player, because I think there is a really good player in time, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. But he's been he's been hot cold, hot cold all season because he doesn't link up with anyone. He's got yeah. to learn to bring himself into the game. Yesterday again, he was walking around with his mouth open. He he did nothing yesterday, and I can't understand why you're saying he he played average. To be honest, well, I think he was nothing special, but I think he was steady, and that's why I'm giving him a seven. Oh, come on, Andrew, you better than this. Right. You listen, don't try and drag me down to your level. That's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, it's just too positive, Ange. I'm, I'm, it's the end of the it's season. It's being a proud Potter. <laughs> not Vale, then. <laughs> so, talk about yeah, we'll talk about them later. Right, so now we bring it, go into probably third player for uh, player of the season, got to be Ben Wilmot, who was brilliant yesterday. Yeah, so I know you didn't go to the match. Um, <laughs> I thought he played quite well. Uh, and it was nice to see him. Listen, he did some good things. He did some not so good things. But 
I like Ben Wilmot. I think he's he's been a good a good signing for the club since he's had his haircut. No, I think he's been a good signing for the club and um I think he will get better and better. I'm going to give him a seven too. Uh, I'll go over eight actually for Wilmot yesterday. And I know it's not a joke for everyone to start jumping in. I thought he played really well yesterday in the mid, in the defence for for Forrester. Um He's he back. did a couple of poor passes. He, he did a couple of it. poor passes, but at least he was trying. There was no one yes. else in the back line who was going to do that, which normally be- be- uh, Bellish does it. But yesterday I thought he did good well. He was trying to move us forward, which is what I yeah. liked. He reminded yesterday he reminded me of the performance that we used to see at the start of the season where we thought yeah. we brought a really good top defender in. Defensively he was strong. There was He yeah. didn't slip up. So he gets an eight. I thought it was a good performance from him yesterday. Right, now we move into the old boy whose contract runs out very soon, and that is Phil Dragielke. I thought he was really, really good. I mean, I thought he dominated the centre of the defence. Um, and if it wasn't for the person I'm giving man of the match to, he would have got a nine from me. So he's getting an eight. Uh, yeah, he gets another eight from me. He, he, he's quite... He's, to be honest, somebody said the other day he's probably the best mature player we've had, and obviously that that person had never seen Tony Rodrigo or Neville Southall. But yeah. probably wore glasses, you know. <laughs> Neville Southall still makes me laugh, not at the time. But we talk about Jake Alke, and he, he he doesn't play or or remind me of a player that's the age he is. If you told me he was mid thirties, thirty four, thirty five, I would have gone, yeah, I can see it. I, I, he's nearly 40. Yeah. And to be honest, I'd be resigning him for one more year. I would too. Um, even if it was only his backup, I would sign him for another year. I'd definitely sign him because at the moment I'd probably say he's our best defender at this moment in time. Yeah. Which is quite frightening when he's nearly 40. It is. Um, but yeah, I'll go with an eight. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. He just misses out on my man of the match. And, yeah, I thought he was good. Now we're going to talk about a player that I thought was garbage against Bristol City, but actually did all right yesterday, and that was Harwood Bellish. Well, to me, he was like Ben Wilmot. He did some good things, he did some bad things, and so he's getting a seven off me. Uh, I'll go with a bit more of a seven than an eight, because I thought Wilmot did some good attacking things. Um, he, he did some good long balls, which I noticed, which were finding the target for once, which is which is an improvement on Suter at times. Um I thought he was okay. He, he defended well. He kept he kept Dak at bay. He got to Dak he might have been Dak actually long there. Yeah. yeah was it Diaz? No not Diaz. I'm not calling him Diaz because his name's Breton. Can't just add Diaz on at the end of him because he's gone okay. playing for Chile. Right. Um yeah I'll go over seven. He was alright, but I think Wilmot and Jaggy Elka stole the show in defence for me. Right, so now we move into Joe Allen. thought he was best player on the pitch for Stoke yesterday. I thought he... I mean, he started off the move, although Maggi made a great pass afterwards. He was all over the pitch. He led well, so he's getting a nine from me and he's my man of the match. You had to get that in there first before I jumped in, didn't you? <laughs> he was he was easily man of the match yesterday, Joe Allen was. And we've got to get him signed up, haven't we, if he's playing like this? And I have to say that that's brilliant from somebody that didn't go to the game to make you man of the match you must have played well I was watching 
So yeah, I was watching, and I had a better view than you because I had, yeah, you probably did because I had instant replay did. as well. So you know, yeah. I, I've I've got a good eye and a keen eye, and we know everyone knows I'm I'm yeah. I'm on about. Um, yeah, he kept the ball tight. His passing was pretty much hundred percent from what I read, and he kept he kept he kept making little interceptions with the other midfielders. He was pushing. Where's this player been? He's, I tell you, he's come back better since he had that injury, and. Um... I think he will be missed because I just don't think he'll stay. I don't think he'll stay because I think he's got an eye on a move to Bournemouth from what I'm, what I'm hearing. But the, the truth is that I, I, I'm just a bit I'm a bit annoyed with Joe Allen now because where's this is probably the best he's played since we dropped to the Championship. Yeah, I agree. And I'm I'm really annoyed because he's playing consistently. He's performing better. He's not running around like an headless chicken. And I'm really annoyed because this is not the first time we've had players that have been average and then when the contracts are up, start playing like Pelé. You know, yeah. Gifton or Williams was one, I think, I um, can't remember his name, was it Carl, not Carl, but he never played well. I got, There was a few other players that did it. Uh, and then as soon as the contracts were up, they were gone. Yeah. Which is what Joe Allen's going to do by the looks of it. But yesterday he was man of the match and he gets a nine. Good. Right, now we move into Lewis Baker, his replacement from what I'm hearing. Well, I think Lewis Baker's a good player. Um, he did one or two really uh, not great passes. I wouldn't say they were sloppy, but not great. But he he has a, he's, he's brought some extra leadership and some fight uh, in the team uh, as well. So, uh, for me, he's getting an eight. He uh, gets a seven from me, Baker. Uh, he, was tidy, he was good on the ball. I'll be honest, he was good on the ball. His passing was a bit wayward, which is why he drops down a bit for me. Um, but he was good. He was good at breaking forward, which is what I liked, what I liked to watch yeah. about him. He was breaking the ball forward. He was trying to get things moving. And I think he he had a lot to do with the goal as well by breaking the ball forward and, and releasing the ball at the right time. He, he's a quality player. And these are the type of players I want to see Stoke started taking advantage of now. These highly rated young players from the Premier League that have lost the way because they aren't going to get games, we get him and improve him and make him first-team players. It's yeah. something we've learnt off years ago, but we we sort of learnt from it, but never learnt from it when we signed Ryan Shawcross from United's Academy. Give him the opportunity, he thrived, he become a legend at the club. Baker's another one. There's got to be a few more. Tash Newt the Booth's not one. No, <laughs> but Baker straight away has got his opportunity, impressed, scored a lot of goals, and let's be honest, he's done a great job. And he gets a seven. Right, so now we move into a player that the quicker we get rid of, the better, even though he has improved recently, which has remained Sawyer's. Uh, I hear he's got a future at West Brom. I actually thought he had one of his better matches for Stoke yesterday. Um, he can. He's one of these blokes that can, when the ball's at his feet and you give him time, he's really good. If somebody arries him and takes the ball off him, he doesn't seem to have the wherewithal to, to take it back. So uh, he's getting a seven from me. Uh, six for me. So yes, I, I thought he had some neat passes with the with Allen and and Baker, but he didn't really bring a lot forward to the game. There was a lot of times where I was frustrated because it looked like he was again just sort of letting people run past him and walk around with his mouth open. But yeah, let's hope he has got a future back at West Brom because I don't really want him here anymore. A, a bit of a no, failed sign. I don't think we could afford him anyway, do you? I'd, I'd, if he thinks he's worth big big wages, then it's time to move to somebody else. Because we've we've had these kind of players before, ones that 
have cost us a lot of money and I don't yeah. I don't see what, what we've got out of him really. I mean no. he's he's been pretty average. Right now we move into the returning hero for me, which was Josh Maggi. Now, Josh Maggi played two cameo roles in the last two matches where he came on and he turned the game. He turned the game from the start yesterday. He, he was His link-up play is great, but the, the little pass... Alan passed the ball to him. The pass that released Jacob Brown to score the goal was excellent. I thought he was brilliant in the first half, not so good in the second half. And if Joe Allen hadn't have had the game he'd had, then Maggi was my man of the match. But he's getting an eight from me. I thought he was excellent. And I, and I told you. I told you about Josh Marger. I told you how good this player can be. And I told you when he was fit, we've got a player here. For me, we've got to get the deal done. Um, once sure she's, you didn't. But yeah, I did. Oh, I did. <laughs> Don't start trying to... Try, the, the lies, Angela. They're everywhere. <laughs> I can remember in January... Well, your, we didn't, your words were, if we could get the player that was at Sunderland, we would have a player... But he is the player that played for Sunderland because he is the he is the player yeah. that was with Sunderland. Listen, I like just magic. Just keep your oh yeah, I haven't got any errors. I've got bits of her mainly on my yeah, face. Okay. But the, we've got a player there if we can get permanent who's young yes. and and can play at high level. He proved that with small cameos with Fulham. It's, we've got to make it a deal done and then start building it round him because for me we're going to talk about it later about spending money if the club doesn't start doing it I'm going to start getting angry I've got to be honest but at the end of the day Maggi good signing let's get him in permanently because he's now starting to show how good he can be full pre-season behind him and fully fit moving on to a new season this lad could cause serious damage in this division and the pass was outstanding wasn't it? a little drink pass and, and yeah for me it was close it was close. He gets a nine, but it's a lesser nine than Alan. Right, so there's two types of nine. There's the nine that you give and the line... Yeah, go on then, we'll go with that. Because it was close, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, if I could, I could give, I'd give it both players, but I think but Joe Allen was, was amazing. He didn't do put a foot wrong. Magic didn't either, but it goes to Alan. Right, now we're going to the goal hero. Our, our new goal-scoring sensation. Is he as good as Sharon? Probably not quite at the moment, but he grafts as much as anybody I've ever seen in a, a Stoke shirt. Sometimes his decision making's not brilliant when he um, he gets around the box, but I would have him in my team all the time. I, I think he's, I just think he's a he's another Johnny Walters in the making. I do honestly. Uh, and uh, when was the last time we had a fifteen goal of the season striker? He's on thirteen now. I just hope he makes fifteen. Um, and every time he plays. He looks a better player these days. Uh, he, he obviously works and works and works on his game. He could have had two yesterday. Um, he always seems to score the more difficult ones. Um, I'm going to give him an 8-2. Uh, yeah, definitely eight. Close to a 9. Brilliant finish. He's improving every week. And I'm a bit worried about links in the paper of a £7 million move to Fulham. Yeah, it's not going to happen. How do we know, Andrew? Uh, because I've just told you. Uh, well, they are then, everyone. Listen, listen, <laughs> the, it's not going to happen. He's on a long-term contract, but Stoke, he won't go to Fulham. Right, there we go then. He's not going to Fulham. The press has got it wrong. You've heard it here first. Yes, wrong, wrong, wrong. Right, so now we're going to the substitutes. The forgotten superstar that we were talking about in January, Philogene Badace, came on for Remain Soyuz. Yes, um, it was nice to see him back on. 
he certainly can still move. Uh, I just think it's the loan's been a shame with the injury because I think he'd have featured much more. And I know you only give people that come off the sub benches a two. I'm giving him a six. Lies again. It's always a five, and he's getting a five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be fair, he, he looked a good outlet again. He came on at the right time, and I think he took pressure off his defence a bit with the way he was running yeah. the ball. I think there's a really good player in there, but I think he's one of them players that we could get hold of again next season. I don't think he's impressed massively at Stoke. He's, he's shown glimpses, but of course the injury put pay to that. I think it was a season too early, but I think next season, if we can get him back, he knows the area, knows the club... I think there's a chance we could get him back on loan again, you know, next season. Okay. And I'd take him. I'd take him on loan I would, again. I, with, a, in a, with a heartbeat, I would take him, yeah, but I just don't think we'll get him back next, next uh, season. We will, don't you worry. I've got, I've, okay, I've, I've, I've got resources. I actually have got sources now. Um, so now we'll talk to uh, talk about Stephen Fletcher, who came on for Josh Maggi on the 84th minute. I, I, I think his heart's gone. I don't think... You know, Stephen Fletcher, a couple of seasons ago... We were desperate if he was. That's how I, we talk about how far the club have fallen, but uh, we start must be on the coming back up now because a couple of seasons ago, you your heart sort of dropped when Stephen Fletcher wasn't playing, and now your heart drops when he comes on because now nah, that's a bit cool. But you know what I mean? That's He's very not cool, what he man. was, and he he runs around and he uses his experience, but that's about it. So. Um, for me, he's getting your obligatory five. Uh, Matt, I'll give him another five again. To be honest, when you say he's arts out of the game, I think he knows his future doesn't belong here anymore. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think he knows he's up. And to be honest, he's playing like it's up. Um, he's, he's had a few appearances this season, but second half of the season, he's pretty much been kicked out the side, and with the magic signing, yeah. which is a major improvement on what we had. Because we have talk, talked about how far we've fallen, and it is a big, big, big drop. Which is why I think when we're talking about the Stoke fans and the, and the crowd, which we'll probably talk about a bit later on as well, uh, yeah, not really great. So the subs not used were Bergic, Chester, I keep forgetting about him, Varancic, Campbell and Wright Phillips. What are we going to yeah, go in with the match rating? Five, are you? Yeah, I'll give it. Well, they didn't get on, so they get a zero Ange. Okay. Uh, right, so now so good. Perhaps to... the fact they were sitting on the bench, you know, you might have given them a five for that. No, no, because that, that for me, the, the, the professional players, and they're getting paid to be professional players, but they sat on the backsides talking about what happened on Corey last night. They, they okay. get a zero. Right, so now going to the ma- overall match rating. What are you going with? Eight. Eight? Yeah. I'll go in with an eight. I don't know why I was shocked when you said eight. Coming <laughs> in with me, I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid performance. I thought, to be honest, Bonham. I don't know. I think Bonham did keep us in with a couple of good saves, but he made a couple of good saves. That's what he's paid for. I know, I know, but we are being harsh. I think we, should, I think we definitely should give him, give him more than a six. Um, to be honest, it was it was a good performance. Once it was a good away performance, and if we weren't so garbage at home. I think we'd, we'd all be screaming higher marks, but it's how it goes. Right, now we move into the referee rating. Hmm. You see, you shouldn't ask me for comments about the referees if they don't give us a decision because it colours my comment. And 
short of being in the Harlem Globetrotters, the guy who caught the ball with both hands yesterday to give us a Stonewall penalty that wasn't given because it was too close to him, um, I would have given the referee a seven, but he's getting a six. Uh, he's getting a four from me. I mean, he missed a penalty directly in front of him and he's supposed yeah. to be a referee. These referees, because Neil Warnock's retired, anti, and, and had a massive scathing attack of the the standard of refereeing in the championship. Yeah. And to be honest, I think he was, I think he was just being polite, really, about how terrible the referees are on this level. And you know, I mean, how can he sit there and say it was too close to me? I didn't see it. It was directly in your eye line. I, I watched it back on the replay, and I'm looking. He's staring at him, fouling, and he's yeah. not giving a penalty. I, for me, VAR's got coming at every level because they, they they just aren't capable, are they, Ange? They aren't capable of doing the jobs yeah. properly. I no, mean, if he if he can't way. see that it, that it, from that distance, then it's time pack in. It really is. For me, if I was in charge of the referee, I'd say to him, if you didn't see that next season, we don't want you involved. That's how how serious it's got to be now because it's pathetic. No, yes. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's rare I agree with you, but I agree with you. Yeah, well, you should do a lot more because I'm always right. You should know this. But right, now we're moving to my clone, Neil's rating. Eight. Eight. I'll go over seven. What would you give him for Why? Bristol City? Why have you dropped a mark off him? I've dropped a mark off him. You don't like him. I'm not saying that at all. That and is exactly should... what you mean, though. I have not said We've that. We've won at one of the contenders one for bit. the promotion playoff. I told you. And you're giving him a meagre seven. I told it's, you. It's eight. It's a hate campaign. I am on the fence with my colonial. I am not jumping on one side or the other until... Well, I'm surprised you give him more than a five. I was going to give him a four, but then I thought oh, that was yeah, too yeah. harsh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll give him a seven. I thought, for me, I, I just... I, I thought we should have won that 2-3-0 the way we were playing. And I just... I, I thought that... That match was crying out for a Campbell or a right Phillips just to add some more pace into it. That's that's all Sorry, I was going to say. I thought that was music on your phone. Yeah. Carry on. No, no, it was just it's common sense. Right. So now we're going to talk about Michael O'Neill and this major rumour mill, which is absolutely taking fire. Hashtag Sean Dyche everywhere. Hashtag this. I put a poll out that was 99% in favour of bringing Sean Dyche in. And I'm a big fan of Sean Dash. I didn't know how much he was on, which has shocked me a little bit. But we all know that Michael O'Neill's going to be manager next season, don't we? We all know. Well, I mean, you, you now for those of us who weren't uh, around when before the button was pressed on record, and you didn't have the ability to listen to Ian and I talking. Ian does not like Michael O'Neill. He does not want Michael O'Neill to be manager. And he is now, I think, what they call uh, glossing over his dislike of the manager and pretending he thinks he's OK. So let's just get that set to one side, that, that he's not a big Michael O'Neill fan. But I will counter that by saying, Sean Dyche, I think he's been a great manager for Burnley, just as Tony Pulis was a, an excellent manager for Stoke. But I wouldn't appoint somebody who had just uh, basically failed in the Premier League with Burnley. I would not want him at Stoke City. I think you're mad, Ange. Um, a, I know that. A, I'm not, I'm not 
fully against Michael O'Neill. There's, there's hits and misses with Michael O'Neill. I don't mind him being in charge next season. That's one okay. thing I'll put out. I don't dislike him, but I'm not a giant fan of him either. I'm sort of in between both. Now you're sitting on the bench. No, no, I was. I was sitting. I've told you, I'm sitting on a fence because I said to you, and I said, I said, in January, I said this. I want to see him have a run to prove to me that he can put a run together. That we aren't far away from being a playoff or a promotion team. Like the year before, purely took us up. I knew we were going to do well the season after because he had that incredible run where we just missed out on the playoffs. And a load yeah. of people wanted him sacked, wanted Pulis gone, and a lot of people wanted, I can't remember who it was at the time, but they wanted somebody else to come in. I'm in the same category where I think I wanted to see a run to for him to prove to me and to a lot of Stoke fans that he can do it. Now, he's been at the club now for two and a bit years, and the only time he's had a run was right at the beginning when he kept us up. But since he started building his own teams, we've slowly got more and more inconsistent. Now, that's something I'm saying, and he's come out now, and you've said the statement before about, which really annoyed me, when he come out and goes, well, we haven't got leaders. Then I go, well, at the start of the season, why didn't you buy leaders? If you, Well, not buy, we've got no money, apparently, but why didn't you bring leaders in if you saw that that was one of the problems? And I'm not, like I say, I'm on the fence because he's still got three games. Now, if he wins the last three games, I know he can do it. I know he's gonna, he can have a good bit of a run. But for me, we are too inconsistent. And if we've got no more money, I can't see him making a drastic change for us to be even better next season. Yeah, I mean, I, I accept what you say and there's validity in what you say, but um, all managers get things right and all managers get things wrong. And, and sometimes they get criticised deservedly and sometimes they don't. Um, I think one of Michael O'Neill's failings has been tactical when... Other teams have uh, made substitutions. He has not responded to those substitutions. And we've subsequently gone on and lost games that we should have won. I, I take, I think what you said about getting characters is correct. But when you're shopping in the bargain bucket, uh, there ain't too many players around that have the character that's required. And I think that no matter how we... Uh, say, well, you should have bought this, you should have bought that. If you've not got the money, you can't shop at Harrods. But the truth is, when we talk about money, I was talking to an Aston Villa fan, uh, when was it now, two days ago, and an Aston Villa said, fan woke me up to it and goes, how are you where you are? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, how are Stoke where they are when they've got owners as rich as yours? And I said, I don't know what you mean. He goes, well, he said, put it in perspective. Well, perspective. He said they have spent nearly four hundred million in the last four years. No, five years. So no, four years. Into, how long have they been in the Premier League now? Two years. Yeah, so four years. They've spent all that money in four in four years. And he said, Stoke Stoke's owners are richer than ours. Yeah, but you're missing a very big point here, right? Aston Villa gambled. If Aston Villa had not got promoted the season they did, Aston Villa would now be in the same position as Derby County because they'd have had all those points taken up. They'd have had lots of sanctions. But they threw money at it and it stuck. We threw money at it and it only just stuck. We threw money at it and it didn't. That's the difference. They got lucky with their gamble and how ironic that we have owners that are rich because of gambling, we didn't. 
That's honestly the only difference between us and Villa. Well, the last chance saloon they got promoted. Otherwise, they'd have been hit massively. Some say more than Derby. No, but the, the differences between Derby and Villa and Stoke is that their owners worth nowhere near the money that ours is and Villa's is. The thing is with Villa, yes, they well, did. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if bloody Qatar, excuse me, swearing on a podcast. It doesn't matter if Qatar or, or Saudi Arabia owns Stoke. You can't pay money into a system that won't allow you to pay money. The Coates family would still waste oodles of money on this football club. But they can't. They're not allowed to. Well, because of FFP. But if Villa they went. get promoted to the Premier League, you watch the money be flung around again. Well, the, the thing is, Villa didn't TV. Villa actually spent more in the second season of the Championship than they did in the first. Yeah. And it, it got them up. The, the thing, yeah, the they thing, gambled. But, but, Our gamble failed. But everybody it else does as well. It was etc. Well, we know that. We, we dropped down with, you know, calamitous decision-making. I know that. Our wage bill yeah. was gigantic. But yeah. so's Fulham's. So's teams like Bournemouth. You know, Bournemouth have come down with a thirty million pound midfielder on eighteen at eighty five grand a week, more than any of ours. He's the highest paid player in the championship, and they've had him there for two years. Yeah. The truth is, it's not just us that are doing it. How much the Fulham owner in the last three years has paid off because of the relegations? This yeah. season, he's paid off ninety two million pound of the club's debt with his own wow. back pocket. And that's the thing, because well, this would have been when people, the the coach family and and all this central talk coming out being, well, they've done this. Everybody else is the ones who've got millions yeah. of pounds. Everybody else is doing the same thing. They're yeah. paying the clubs off to keep them flooding. But for me, I'm not sitting here saying the coach family are terrible. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying that we we do, do this. But with the money they've got, let's gamble again while we can and and try get back in the Premier League. If we if, yeah. if they trust Michael O'Neill like they're saying they trust him, back him. Or get rid. Yes. And that's yeah, that's that's my opinion. Yeah. Either back him or get rid. If they yeah. don't think Michael O'Neill can get us up and they give him 50 million and he wastes it, then we're back to square one again, aren't we? Simple as that. And that that's the thing I'm looking at. There's a lot of people at Burnley and, and, and all that. I mean, I know Burnley are actually fuming. Their fans are, can't believe what's happened. And if, if for me, a man who's taken Burnley up twice, kept him up for, what is it now, six seasons, is it? Before this season... Yeah. Listen, I, I thought it was a very daft decision. And when all, all their backroom team left as one, I thought, wow, they must have somebody ready to come on, but clearly come in, but clearly they didn't because um, some guy took it who I, I wasn't aware of, had a great track record in management, etc. And um, he doesn't know how long he's got the job for, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And Sean Dyche will probably sit around and wait for a Premier League club to come through. Well, that's what I mean. It's it, it's that opportunity, isn't it, where you can you can move and, and not. And I think our board will stick with it. And the transfer window's coming up, and we have got near enough an entire squad replaced by the looks of the way things are going. You, yeah, um, most of them. I think we'll probably have seven players that we'll keep. Well, looking at it now, then, so. You know, we've seen the guarantees who are going to go. Chester's going to go. Fletcher's going to go. I think Smith might... I think Smith might be given another year, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, unless we can get somebody better, and I don't know who that is. I know, there's there's a few players that are coming in, and there's a lot of individuals that are coming in. How excited are you for the next season? Because I know this one's done. 
pretty much now. We we we, we can break higher up, can't we? How excited am I for the next season? Um, I think it's probably fair to say that I'm not excited at the moment. I'm very interested to see what the playing staff will be, and I'm hoping that whoever we purchase will get me excited. Um, I certainly think we'll have a better season next season than this, because as you know, I made the mistake of thinking we would get promoted, or at least get in the playoffs, and we didn't. And I still think that's largely because of the profligacy of our team, because you look at the points we've thrown away, uh, horrendous. Uh, I'll be just as excited at the first day of the season as I was the first day of any other season, but it's probably the most lukewarm I've been in a closed season. Um, I'm not anticipating great signings because I don't think there'll be any because of financial fair play. Um, but I just hope that we have some more astute signings like the Bakers and the Browns and the Thompsons. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we spend. I know it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm hoping they just go right here or get us in the Premier League. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I'm excited to see what who go, to be honest, before to make a decision on who comes in. Because, you know, I think there's going to be a few there that on the last years are going to be offered one-year extensions or maybe even two. I think Smith was out of the picture, but I think because of his improved performance since coming in for Wilmot, there might be an opportunity for him to get a new contract. Because let's be honest, who would have thought James Chester would have got a contract last season, but he did. Yeah, true. And he, and he was finished as well. So it, it is exciting. We're all going to move into it and see what's going to happen. And I can't wait for the end of the season show because I predicted a team to go into the playoffs who are relegated. Can we guess who that was? Uh, go on. Barnsley. <laughs> mm. uh, I do remember something about Barnsley. Yeah, don't give up your day job. And we both predicted... Um, well, you, you predicted champions, and they're now eighth, I think, under Steve Bruce. Uh, West Brom. Uh, no, I didn't I predict Sheffield United. No, you predicted them going through playoffs. Yes, and they still could. No. 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 I think I had them go down as well. It's going to be exciting at the end of the season when we do the rundown show. <laughs> it's going to be really exciting. I think it I had them go down. when you lie and change all the previous well, I can't re-edit them because they're out there. I can't stop oh, them yeah. once they're out there. So I yeah. bet they'll all be collected in. <laughs> Listeners, they'll all be no. collected in. So please, if you want to <laughs> do screenshots and stuff, do it now. <laughs> I'll delete them as we speak. Right, so <laughs> we, there's been a lot that's gone on with the women's team this week and a lot that's gone on with the youth setups this week. We're going to have to firstly talk about a great day for the Stoke women's team as they went out and beat Leake 10-0 for the trophy. Yes, I mean, how good's that? Um, you have to congratulate the ladies. They've had a really um, difficult season, haven't they, when you think about it? Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> obviously, yes. Um, but, but to win a trophy against League 10-0, and apparently it could have been a lot, lot more. Um, so so that's something you've got to be pleased with. I mean, they've won it so many times now, and, and sometimes when you win, win things like that, time after time after time, Maybe you'd expect the gloss to, to fade, but they didn't. They went for the jugular and um, they did it again. So that's congratulations. Of course, they're not, they're not out of the trees in, in, in terms of trying to stay up in the league. So you've, got to, you've just got to hope that the last couple of matches they've got, um, you know, they'll, they'll do well. I mean, the reserves played yesterday. Uh, it was the last match of their season. 
and um, they beat Lincoln 4 0. So that was a good result. I think it was Lily Jackson, Katie Naylor, Ava Suckley, and uh, Jodie Foxall Brown, who was leaving the team this season. I don't know why, but she is. Um, scored the goals. Well, from what I'm hearing, they're basically leaving the sinking ship like rats, from what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, uh, it's. <laughs> Because we don't actually know um, the full ins and outs, we, we can't comment. But I, I know Sarah Essam, by the way, she, she's one of our, uh, our Stoke City stalwarts and she um, was on an international duty representing Egypt. So we have got some, some good players around, but it, there's obviously uh, difficult teams, difficult times ahead for the Stoke City women's teams at the moment. You know, they're, um, they're, they're struggling. Oh, it's without question they're struggling, haven't they? They've done an entire season. Well, how many matches are left now? Is it three? Three matches are yeah, left, isn't it? Yeah. They've got three matches left, and they've they've had a manager for one game. So, yeah. to be honest, if they stay up, it's a miracle, really. They haven't even got an assistant manager. They've got the head of well, director of women's football's gone. Um, I can't remember the person who used to manage the team, who got us promoted, and then went upstairs she's now left to go back Villa into to can't think of her yeah, name yeah. Um, it, to be honest it's been run like an absolute farce I'll, I'll be honest we, I know we don't know a mass about the ins and outs but who's actually running the women's team who's, in, who's at the top of the women's team at this moment in time I have no idea but um, I, you know you go back to winning the staff Sefe County Women's Cup uh, the, the county cup and, and to win that given all the problems that have gone on since Chloe Jones left Chloe and, Jones that's it Chloe and Jones and everybody else has left the club then then it's all credit to them I'm sure I think Thomas Pond is is, is doing a lot of the uh, the coaching work at the moment and, and Wayne Holmes is brother Warren um, I think he's got a lot to do with it but apart from that they obviously need um they need stability at the football club and it's not been great this season as we know well it hasn't said I'm hoping next season they can stay up obviously that's well with this season more than next it's I'm just hoping that the people at the top whoever they are I'll find that out for next time we do the pod that um, we can turn this around really I mean I've never known a team do that you know an entire season without a manager and you know, not replace a manager for a season. It seems like it's just been completely forgot about, but they did incredibly well to win that cup with no manager. It's, it's got to be some kind of record that, you know, to win a cup without a manager. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't it think was, isn't it? I don't Maybe know. some of the teams, other teams should try it, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean, have nobody there and just, to just run yourselves out. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we, I think Lou Roberts... Um, she was a coach of the team and I think it's her first trophy this time. So, uh, well done to Lou and everybody else who was part of it. I wonder who did the half-time team talk? It was me. It was you. Were we in there? Time. Right, go on. Do it for Ian from Scholar Green. Um... Yeah, right. For Ian from Scholar Green, I said, you'll remember Ian. He's the one that won't watch you at all, but he'll give you a good mark if hey, you come off the bench. No need for that at all. But were you on the battle cry, Ange? Um I think I was, yes. I, I think I was... Uh, I owned the paper shop that Pat McGarry had on. <laughs> Sneaking your way on. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that runs in and shouts, where's my rent, Pat McGarry? <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, so that's an award done. We'll quickly talk about the tea, the reserves. Did they play this week? Which reserves? The female reserves. Did they play? And then we'll talk about yeah, the... Yeah, I just told you they won. All right, no, all right. My goodness. I was focusing so on the fact... I'm so all I, can, I can only apologise. I was thinking of a yeah. joke about who was doing the team talk whilst you were talking. I do apologise. Yeah. I should have been listening. Right, how did, the, how did the youth teams with the men do, the under-18s and the under-21s get on? They didn't play. They didn't they play. Didn't. Brilliant. That's a great way to end the podcast. Thanks for yeah, that. May I just say, seeing as you've messed up this podcast really greatly, um, are we going to do a prediction as we normally do, and then you lie about what you predicted when it's wrong. Uh, we're playing Queen's Park Rangers. They oh. play in blue and, blue and white sort of hoopy shirties. I thought it was and, over, Anna. Um, <laughs> that was a nigelism, by the way. <laughs> and uh, hoopy shirties and long stockings. And um, I am going to go, because Queen's Park Rangers are still in a, with a chance of getting in the playoffs, I'm going 2-1 Stoke. Hey, are we home or away? And you're doing a podcast. We're at home. Right, thank you. We're at home. That's all. I only asked a question, Angela. Yes, you did. It's it's all right. I was, I was only asking a question. <laughs> right, we're at home, so we're probably going to lose one 0 Right. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to let it end like that. We've got three matches left this season, right? So if you're only going to have us losing at home to Queens Park Rangers, we've got Queens Park Rangers at home. Yeah. Middlesbrough away and Coventry City at home. Oh, not Coventry. So how many points? Are we going to get from the last three matches? Three. So which one are we winning? The away one. <laughs> at Middlesbrough. We'll I'm going for seven. Seven? I think we'll lose again this season. That's very optimistic, Ange. Do, do, do you really think we aren't going to lose any of these three games? Yes, I don't think we're going to lose. I've gone for seven points. So seven points, starting with a win against QPR... Then we'll draw against Middlesbrough and then we'll whop Coventry. Whop Coventry? Yeah, whop them. Uh, now, now it's all coming out, Andrew. It's all coming out now. It's coming out that you really hate Coventry. What, what has Coventry done to you? Uh, nothing. I also love Brizzle. Steven Riggisrich. No, I just think we're going to have a great end to the season just because it'll irritate me all summer thinking of the what-ifs we hadn't conceded that free kick, what if we hadn't conceded that last-minute goal, what if we'd have had those three stonewall penalties, because that's what you do as a football fan, isn't it? You live on your what-ifs if you don't have a good season. Uh, well, we'll talk about moments at the end of the season, where we we do with the end of the... because we do a couple of end-of-the-season shows before we finish. I can't see us winning all three... Get, well, not losing one of them three. I could see us getting a point at Co- against Coventry... I think we'll beat Middlesbrough, but I don't. I can't see us beating QPR because they're they're on form. They're fighting for playoffs. They need every point, and we don't do well at home. Let's be brutally honest. We will end the season with a resounding whopping of Coventry. I, I like the idea of that, but what <laughs> what do you mean by whopping? Do you mean do you, you're about two one again? Yeah. Oh, two one. See. Everyone's excited in Andy Ford. What an end of the season we're going to win 1-0 or something like that. <laughs> and there'll be a lap of honour. Are you going to stay for it, Anne? Uh, no. No, I'm not even. <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've got things to do. That's all I can tell yeah. <laughs> To be honest, I'll be gone before the 90. But the, the, the thing is, that it's it has been a very frustrating season, Anthony. Everyone can understand it's been a 
I've been joking around towards the end of the season because I knew I knew you were still grabbing onto that bit of hope. But I knew before Christmas we weren't going to hit the playoffs. I could I yeah. could tell. And There's nothing I like more than a no-all after the event. Well, I'm sorry, I did say you can go back to that podcast and say, I said you were mad for saying that we could get in the playoffs. Yes, yes. Well, mad I might be, but I am a loyal Stokey. And so am I. I've been gained since I was seven. And I'm... That loyal that you've not been to the last two matches. Because one was away and one I just, I, I want to go shopping. You, you, know, things... you had a touch of CBA as they say. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought I could have, could have been bothered because I can't see his winning. <laughs> so, no, no, saying that, I know I thought, it's the other way around, wasn't it? I, I thought we would beat Bristol. I was so confident we'd beat Bristol City. Yeah. And then it's, and then to play like that. I, yeah. I'm glad I didn't go. I bet you're just feeling the same, Ange, aren't you? I bet, I, bet, I bet when you were there, I bet you were thinking, I wish I was shopping with Ian. No, I, no, I didn't think that, Ian. I, I wished I wasn't there. <laughs> but at no point did I think I wished I was shopping with Ian. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another one done, Ange. Thanks for that. Yeah. So that's another one done. Thanks for listening. I know Angela is getting more and more depressed as the weeks go on, and I can only apologise for that. I'm, I'm keeping it going with my optimism. But if you like the podcast and you like to know more about what we're about and what we're trying to do here at the Potters Podcast, search for us on Instagram, search for us on Facebook. We've got a group on there called The Potters as well, which you're more than welcome to be a part of. I've got nearly 900 members now. Also, we're on every podcast platform. You should know that by now. We're on Amazon, we're on Spotify, we're on all the best ones, and even the small ones. We're on there now. It took me a month to figure it out, but I managed to get us on the small ones as well. If you're on iTunes, if you can do us a real honour and give us a five-star review and tell us what you feel and give us a good review, it means a lot to the podcast because eventually I do want to branch out to other things and make maybe videos and other stuff for you to watch and, and be a part of. So thanks in advance. Thanks for listening. ta All the best. <laughs>